Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and beautiful Wednesday day. I know it's been a chilly day out there, but I'm glad everybody, uh, hope, hopefully everybody's had a, a good and wonderful and blessed day today. Uh, yes, I know that everything is chaotic right now and that it is, um, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it uh, bears mentioning that our, our world is going to hell in a handbasket in a hurry. <laughs> And, uh, so, you know, uh, let's, um, you know, I understand that. I know everybody's anxiety is way up here. Uh, there's a lot of, um, infighting among families and friends and, uh, there are sides picked and, uh, a lot of people are frustrated, but, uh, you know, let's, uh, come together this evening and, uh, let's put aside our political differences and let us, uh, come together and worship God's, uh, word. Uh, this evening and see where he leads and what he would have us to uh, uh, to learn and uh, you know we we get enough of the uh, the political uh, junk uh, day in and day out let's you know there, there and there's times when you know I me or dad or or may have to uh, touch on uh, something political but let's try our best to uh, to focus on what's important and what God has for us. And uh, if it happens to hit on something political, so be it. But uh, that's not to focus. We want people to be able to come, worship, and uh, and glean from God's word, and just make it a fun time uh, in the Lord, and uh, and not have to think about this kind of crazy stuff right now. But uh, I got several people watching this evening. Uh, I've got David Feather, Sharon Boyd. Um, Stanton Trailer, Terry Bailey, Darlene Barker, and Al Bennett. So, got a lot of people watching this evening, and um, so and Darlene put on our One Nation Under God. That's for sure. So that's one reason why we do our Pledge of Allegiance each morning when I uh, uh, do the morning devotion. We be sure to always do the pledge, and I always emphasize One Nation Under God. But uh, so uh, you know, like I say, let's. Uh, I know people are upset, but. Uh, let's have a good time with the Lord tonight and, uh, and let's see where, uh, what we may learn. And God may have something special for you to, uh, to learn and glean from that maybe you hadn't been thinking about today. So, uh, let's go ahead and look at our opening scripture. We're going to look at, uh, uh, 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. I feel like it complimented our, uh, our teaching for tonight. It says, All scripture is God breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And as me, dear old Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. So I always, I always love saying that, my, me, dear old Pappy. <laughs> oh, so he. Uh, uh, he knows a thing or two. But uh, let's go ahead and look at our prayer requests uh, for this uh, uh, this evening. Uh, we've got uh, Mr. Murph, Mr. Roger Winters. Oh, uh, Martin Ledford just put on here. Uh, he said, praise report, feeling much better. Uh, doctor shocked my heart back into rhythm. Thanks for all the prayers. Well, I know it wasn't something you were wanting Mr. Ledford uh, for them to have to do, but I praise God that uh, they're able to get that uh, your heart back into rhythm and that you're doing better. We've been praying hard for you, brother. really have. And uh, Mr. Stanton Trailer says, good evening, Matt. Prayers uh, for my niece uh, and husband. COVID test came back positive. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Mr. Trailer. We'll definitely be uh, be praying uh, for them. All right. Uh, we have uh, Mr. Murph, Mr. Roger Winters, uh, Kim Pennix, Jane Kitchings, Wendy Lee, 
PK, Larky and Nancy, Jackie and Rhonda, Troy and Ginger, Johnny and Nora, Morris and Carolyn, Larry and Dinah, PT and Sherry, Linda and Ralph, Ron Thompson, Kathy Young, David Stennett, Joe Franklin, Pat Brown, Tracy Kent, Donnie Cutshaw, Glenn Johnson, Martin Ledford, Jimmy Russell family, Betty Whaley, Mike Bradley, Michael Masters, Ben Street family, Judy Hill, uh, Willie Smith. Praise God, he was at church uh, Sunday. It's good to see him there. Uh, Jesse Gray and Mo Baines. It's good to see him at church Sunday as well. But uh, and I know that uh, Jennifer Harmon said her dad is uh, doing better and uh, each and every day. And several people has um, uh, been have been on Facebook and different people. Brandy knows been. Diagnosed with uh, COVID, and uh, so they'll be praying for them. I tell you, I pray hard uh, every day over my family, my wife, kids, parents. Scares me to death. My sister, I just I pray hard that nobody in the family gets it. It uh, uh, scares me to death. It really does, and uh, it's it's just uh, a nasty, nasty virus. But uh, so keep all those in prayer who may be uh, battling that. But. Uh, uh, oh, Fran Paris said, Eddie Green, most definitely, Fran. I'm glad you put that on her. I know Eddie, she said that Eddie been, she spoke to him, and he's been in a lot of pain, and uh, so definitely praying for uh, Mr. Green, for sure. So thank you, Mrs. Pear. Let's go ahead and go for the Lord of Prayer, if we may. Therefore, Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you do for us each and every day. Uh, Lord, thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll be with each and every one of these prayer requests and concerns. And Lord, I do want to lift up a special prayer request for Mr. Eddie Green. I know he's been done with a lot of pain. And Lord, I pray that you'll take that pain discomfort away. And the same with our brother, uh, Mr. Ron Thompson. Lord, you know how much uh, he is near and dear to our hearts. And Lord, I pray healing upon him and to help him spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Lord, I do pray for our sister in Christ, Ginger Hood, and Kim Penix, and Wendy Lee. I know they've got a lot of battles and things we're dealing with that you'll help them. And I pray that you'll be with Larry Knight, and Dinah, and Jane Kitchings, and Murph, and uh, so many others, Lord, that we read here uh, this evening, uh, those that are spoken and unspoken. And Lord, let your will be done in each and every situation. Uh, Lord, we may not always understand the trials and tribulations that we and those we love have to go through, but we have to trust in you that you are an infinite God. And as your word says, that all things work together for good to them that love you. And Lord, let us trust in that and acknowledge it and know that you are in control of all things and all situations. Be with this country. And Lord, I pray that you'll touch hearts and minds like never before. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Um, I, uh, as far as announcements go, I can't think of anything uh, specific uh, to hit on other than um, um, maybe um, uh, the Sunday morning service, 11 to 12 Sunday morning, uh, 118 Julie Lane. And uh, so be sure and uh, come on out for that, uh, for physical service. Remember, uh, we do have uh, the pew sectioned off, and we do encourage wearing masks, whether you – our uh, a believer in what's going on or not, uh, it is. Uh, we try to do it for the safety of uh, those who have are older or compromised immune systems. And so, even if you may not uh, believe in it, try to uh, esteem others better than yourself, and try to uh, uh, you know think of others. I just I don't know how else to put it. But now Sunday evening at six, and of course on Wednesdays at seven, as we're as you're seeing here, we'll be doing online virtual service, and that's going to continue probably for the for the long haul until we can 
uh, figure out what we're going to do with this. Uh, hopefully, this virus will subside at some point, and maybe we can get back to some some sort of normality. Uh, but this may have to be the the norm for a while. But uh, uh, remember, guys and gals, uh, like I say, I um, you know I don't want to get into that old political stuff. But I do understand. I, I, you don't have to look on Facebook more than two seconds and see how upset people are. Guys and gals, listen, man. It is the Lord is in control. He's sovereign. All right. Uh, don't think I don't get upset. I get upset too. Don't you know? Don't think that I don't. But before Jesus has to return, things want to get a whole lot worse before they get better, and certain things have to transpire before He raptures us out of here. And uh, so. Even though you may not like it, all right, look at it this way. Be excited because we're seeing things unfold that we should look forward to with anticipation because Jesus Christ will be rapturing us out of here. That should make you very, very excited that we will get to actually put our arms around Jesus Christ and Tell us, tell him we love him and get to feel his arms around us. And that's something we get to look forward to. And, um, you know, I, I have, uh, I've always, I've told y'all before, I've always enjoyed running and races and I've always been very competitive. <laughs> so if the rapture comes, I'm going to race you all there. But, um, so look forward to that. Be anticipate, have that anticipation. Be excited. And uh, that Christ uh, will be coming soon. And uh, that'll be a wonderful thing. Get us the heck out of here. And uh, all the crazies can have it. <laughs> so, you know what? And uh, so I'm looking, just look forward to it. Don't be, uh, have anxiety. Look forward to Christ's return with anticipation. And, uh, and, and that's what God's Word tells us about, you know, uh, constantly to encourage us to look forward to that. And, you know, uh, knowing uh, that the time is near, the time is coming close to at hand, uh, you better have your house in order. You know, you better have your, you better be spiritually prepared and ready uh, so that uh, when the groom comes, the bride is waiting. And uh, so looking forward uh, to that. So let's, uh, let's, let's be excited uh, the, what we're seeing is like, all right, man, here's, here's what's coming. Richard Goldberg said, <laughs> he said, rapture practice, that's for sure. And, uh, uh, Lisa Payne said, amen, Matt. So yeah, we'll definitely, <laughs> get a, I'm just sitting there thinking of everybody at church, get everybody on the stage and, and start jumping off the stage for rapture practice and imagining a visitor coming in, seeing us doing that. <laughs> they probably come in and slowly back out. <laughs> Get to the, these people are Pentecostals are crazy. So, but, uh, so uh, I don't know, Richard. I don't know if we should try that or not, but uh, it's a thought anyway. So, <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and look at our uh, passage this evening. We'll look at Second Peter. I'm sorry, First Peter, chapter two, verses one through three. So let's go ahead and take a look at that, if we may. Second Peter 2, verses 1 through 3. Uh, so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn infants. Long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Man, awesome passage, people. Awesome passage that we get to study and read tonight. And, uh, you know, one thing's for sure that we're going to be talking about uh, this evening 
is uh, being hungry for God's word. And we're going to look into that. And hopefully you hunger for that as a newborn babe uh, hungers for milk. And uh, we're going to get into that here uh, this evening momentarily. So as we look at this passage, uh, starting out with the very first word, okay? Uh, the very first word is so. And you may be thinking, so? <laughs> and, uh, so, so you know, uh, therefore, you know, so. So that is directly going back to our passages that we were uh, reading and studying on uh, Sunday evening. And uh, so let's look at that. Uh, for uh, argument's sake, so we can uh, have a, maybe another ask for a refresher uh, into tonight's uh, study. Uh, particularly in verse 22, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. All right, verse 23, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, the living and abiding word of God. So we see that um, so, therefore, we're looking directly back at those passages. Because we see here, particularly in verse uh, 23, which goes back to verse 22, my point is, seeing since you have been born again, we love one another. And you know you can't have that that kind of uh, brotherly love uh, without being born again. You can't have that love for your fellow brothers and sisters of Christ Jesus, that agape kind of love, without knowing Christ as your personal Lord and Savior first. So that's what that's actually referring to uh, right there at the very beginning. So directing back to those previous passages that we're studying the other night, because one thing's for sure, we we've got to um, uh, not have those grudges. We've got to. Um, have that love uh, for those uh, uh, that uh, that our our church family are those are brothers and sisters of Christ Jesus. We need to have that love for one another. Uh, you know, it's easy to have those grudges. It's easy to uh, uh, to uh, maybe not even like somebody. You know, and we'll get into that here just a little bit uh, as well. But uh, one thing you want to have to remember remember is that um, as Christians. All right, uh, you're going to be spending an eternity with with some of these people, and uh, that you may have problems with. You better resolve them now because it uh, it's going to be uh, uh, might be make things a little awkward <laughs> spending eternity. And you know that actually got in my mind uh, here about a year or so ago, and there were several people that um, well, be quite honestly, I, I, I you know was holding grudges against. And the Lord really uh, convicted me over that. That hey, this is a bro- these are you know, brothers in Christ Jesus, and uh, you need to resolve this. And uh, it weighed so heavy on my heart. I contacted several people, reached out to them. Praise God, they were receptive, and was able to work out whatever problems we thought we had. And actually, there's a lot of misunderstanding on both sides. And uh, what a weight that was lifted, you know. And that's that's a godly love. That's that can only comes from the Lord, you know. If I wasn't a born again Christian. You know, uh, I would uh, I would have no problems holding grudges and, and being nasty uh, towards other people and uh, just cutting them off. It's it's one area in my life that uh, I have to work on because I don't want to be one of those people. I don't want to be somebody that withholds forgiveness. I don't want to be somebody that that uh, uh, holds those grudges towards other people. I don't I don't want that in my life. You know what does God's word say? If you don't have forgiveness, uh, you know, towards those that have hurt you, how, you know, I'm not going to forgive you in front of the Father. You know, and so that weighs heavy in my mind. And, and I don't understand people that, 
just don't have that uh, forgiveness in their hearts uh, towards those that have wronged them. You know, yes, you know, people can hurt you and, and stab you in the back and, and be nasty, and, and it's easy. That's the easy thing to do is to have that grudge, is to have that hate, is to have that, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, to shut shut down. I have nothing else to do with them. But I like what Dad always said. You know, he said, you know, when you allow that to transpire in your life, uh, you're actually allowing them to have power uh, over you uh, when you hold those kind of grudges. And so that's why we you know we need to have that forgiveness. We need to have that love. And the only way you could do that is being a child of God. Only God helps us uh, to have that uh, ability to forgive and to uh, to keep pushing forward and to let these things go. And uh, you know, so we see that at the very very first word. You know, that's that's one thing that is very um, uh, incredible uh, to, in God's word. That one word, one two letter word can lead you back around to something so exponential uh, that is uh, that is so divine uh, to help us in our spiritual walk and growth. You know, just just that one little word leads us very back to the very scripture we were studying on Sunday. And uh, so I, I love that, that. Love one another on earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again. So as born-again Christians, if we um, uh, if, you're, if you've got a problem with a brother or sister in Christ, man, I urge you, I urge you to uh, to resolve that. Uh, you know, I, I don't know about you, but um, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect. You know, no stretch of imagination, but I don't want to be standing for God the Father and uh, on Judgment Day and said, you know, you know, I gave you chance after chance to uh, uh, to forgive. I've given you chance after chance to uh, uh, to resolve this, and why did you not do it? You know, that would be, whew, man, I tell you what, that that'd be a tough call right there. And uh, so we need to really. Uh, be sure to uh, um, uh, resolve those issues to show that brotherly love uh, towards uh, other people. So uh, as we read here, uh, so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by, by it you may grow up into salvation. Okay. So now we're going to come back up to uh, verse one here, but let's go ahead and look at uh, a little bit more of this. Uh, uh, is um, uh, let's look more at verse two for right now, and then we'll come back up to uh, uh, verse one. Uh, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. Okay, now as infants, okay. A uh, an infant uh, is they of course obviously they have to be fed all right they have to be fed with uh, uh, breast milk or you know some women choose not to do that but you know they uh, the studies show that breast milk is uh, uh, helps fight against uh, various diseases and helps build up a baby's immune system and uh, that is uh, uh, what really kind of what we're looking at here is by uh, having that pure spiritual milk of God, of God's word, uh, it helps us to uh, fight against those spiritual diseases uh, that can uh, in, get in between us and our walk with the Lord. Now, one thing we need to look at here, too, as well, is long for the pure spiritual milk. All right? there's, there's a reason why that's in there, uh, that unadulterated uh, milk. Uh, because, you know, again, remember, this is being taught to uh, 
to the original audience, uh, understanding their culture, uh, how they viewed and perceived things. And, of course, we're seeing how we can apply this to us today. And to those he was talking to uh, in a particular time and place, it was not uncommon for them uh, to add water to the milk that they were selling uh, because they were uh, uh, being uh, malicious, as we're seeing here. Uh, here. We'll go back and look at that here in a minute. But uh, they're being dishonest in their trade. And so that, that milk was not pure because it was uh, adulterated with that, with that water uh, so they could gain a profit on what they were doing. So that's kind of one reason why uh, that we see that in this passage here, talking about pure spiritual milk. Now, um, we see that the, that the word is, um, uh, is pure, all right? Uh, we know that God's word, we can trust on that. Now, there's a lot of people out there, and you've heard me say this before, you've heard my dad talk about this before, is that um, uh, there are a lot of pastors out there uh, because they want to be liked. They want to be, uh, they, they don't want to, nobody to, they don't want to offend everybody, so they water down God's word to appease those in the world so they don't seem offensive. You know, they, they seem you know, hyper-charismatic and they seem you know, super upbeat and uh, everybody just loves them and likes them and because they're just uh, watering down God's word uh, to appease man. And that is wrong. Hey, man, there's a lot of uh, churches around here in this area in particular are just nothing but hallelujah barns. They, they, they don't uh, get into any real meat of the gospel. It's watered down. And so that's why we have um, so many people out there uh, that uh, when you do preach the whole word of God or when you try to explain to them uh, things that are wrong in this world, it, it freaks them out. Uh, they don't, they're like, well, my preacher's never said that. Well, you know, like, you know, if your preacher's too worried about what man thinks instead of what God's word uh, has to say about a certain particular topic or issue uh, that we need to deal with. And, uh, and I think that's why some people um, say that uh, dad or I may come across a little, little harsh uh, sometimes, but, you know, we don't sugarcoat it. You know, we're going to tell you exactly what God's word is and, and says. And uh, we want to speak that truth in love. We want to, uh, uh, you know, explain to others uh, God's love for them. And we want to do things that's going to draw them to Jesus Christ, but we're not going to water it down. Uh, we want to give you the pull, the pure, unadulterated uh, spiritual milk that you need. And uh, like I say, there is, um, uh, you know, it's very interesting that uh, uh, when you're preaching God's word, you know, I've had people come up and say, uh, I feel like you were talking directly to me. You know, when you're preaching God's word, utterly, totally and completely, uh, it will um, touch people. You know, God's word tells us it's sharper and powerful than any two-edged sword. And, uh, you know, and I've had people say, I feel like you were talking directly to me. I needed to hear that. My, one of my favorite stories that dad has told, you've all heard him tell it before too, uh, is, uh, he said he got done preaching and this guy had, uh, come up to him after church and said, uh, I know somebody told you about me. I know you were talking about me up there. And dad was shaking his head. He said, don't flatter yourself. I already know who you are. You know, I, I love that story. He tells like this guy was just for sure, uh, just thought somebody had just told dad exactly about who he was and what he was about. And that sermon was directed towards him specifically. And, uh, it, and it wasn't my dad. It was, it's a spirit working through my dad to convict 
And, uh, and so in his mind, he's thinking, this preacher's talking about me. And, uh, and it was just the Holy Spirit uh, that was convicting. And uh, that's what happens. You know, uh, the, the God's Word, it cuts through that deception. It cuts through those things that, uh, uh, that pierces the soul and the spirit uh, to get to where it needs to be. You know, it, it's just like, you know, when you have these, these guys out here who uh, water down God's Word, they are uh, no different than if you went and saw a um, quack doctor and, and he didn't want to discuss your sickness and your issues. Uh, all he wants to do is give you sugar pills and pat you on the head and tell you how good you are. Well, that's not going to fix your problem. That's not going to, uh, um, uh, um, I was going to say, um, ah, <laughs> that fix the issue of the sickness that you've got. Uh, you know, for a doctor to, to give you a placebo and send you on your way, it's not going to help you. It's not going to get to the core issue that you're dealing with. See, that's what God's word, that's what's going to happen. It's going to get to the core issue of your problems and it is going to convict, uh, in, into your heart and mind and uh, start to bring about that, uh, that healing, uh, that you need spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. And uh, let's see here. Well, let's go on to verse, uh, as we're reading here. Let me go ahead and look back here. here. Uh, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk. Now, here's one thing, too. We need to be motivated. We need to be motivated in studying and understanding God's Word. Uh, that, that motivation. You know, uh, for any of you who's ever had a, a baby, uh, you know, uh, right now, if uh, there's no way in the world, I'll think at my age, I can handle having a, a newborn baby. I, because... I just don't think I'd have the energy to roll over and wake Brandy up and tell her to do something, you know. So, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, it is uh, a baby when they're hungry, uh, man. They 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 want that milk right then and there, you know. And uh, uh, you know, you can stick your your finger in its mouth, and it may suck on that finger or or the pacifier for for a few minutes to satisfy them, but eventually they're going to spit that out because they they want that milk. Well, that's, that's a motivation. All right. Hunger is a great motivator, uh, to, uh, to do things. And we should be hungry for the word. We should be equally motivated, uh, to dive into God's word each and every day. Uh, you know, it is, uh, it's a sad thing to know that so many people, uh, are not excited, uh, do not find interest in reading God's word. That's why I put on there uh, each and every day on on the computer uh, to uh, uh, to how to read the Bible in a year to encourage people, and it tickles me to death when I've in fact I've had several uh, since the new year started said please be sure and and tag me in that uh, so that I can keep up with the daily reading. That's awesome, man. That, that tickles me to death that people are are wanting to uh, to to be a part of that uh, so they can uh, read their Bible. Uh, it takes fifteen twenty minutes, and you read through the entire Bible. I just finished. Uh, December 31st, reading all the way through the Bible again, uh, and I think that's uh, the 15th time I've read the Bible completely through. It's an awesome feeling. You know, I don't say that to act like a, a super Christian, act like I'm better than anybody else, but it, it, it's an incredible feeling to be able to say, I read through the Bible that many times, and it's so great because every time you go back and try to uh, uh, to, to read God's Word, you're learning something new. You know, it's not like I've read... Uh, I don't know, Gone with the Wind, you know, or I don't know, whatever you know, other book that's out there. There's a million books out there. You know, you read something like that, okay, you've read it, you know pretty much what it's about. If you read it again, eh, you might catch something you might have missed. You read it a third time, you're like, man, you know, this is getting old, this is getting boring. I know what happens, you know, I get it. 
you know, and you know, there's no way you're gonna probably read it a fourth or fifth time. And uh, but when it comes to God's word, it's not like a novel that you grow bored with. It is living. It is active, and that's why you're able to to get motivated in reading God's word uh, each and every day and learning something new. And the Holy Spirit may reveal something new to you. It's not changing the meaning. You know, there's some people out there that. Um, Say, well, well, that may mean that to you, but that's not what it means to me. That's not how God's word works. That's why it's called proper hermeneutics, and you have to understand how to properly uh, to uh, to dissect and and uh, understand God's word, how to apply it to the original audience, how it applies to today. You know, we have to understand those things. It's not open for interpretation, but the Holy Spirit may reveal something new to you that maybe that has not been revealed to me. You know, that that can very well happen. Now. Uh, when we look at this two uh, in verse two, look at this two in verse two. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm just so funny. Anyway, <laughs> but, uh, uh, it is uh, you know we we are looking at also uh, the word uh, logos or logos, uh, talking about uh, the word, and it can have uh, logikos. Uh, they um, uh, it is um, uh, different meanings in regards to uh, rationale. Uh, spirituality, uh, those kind of situation uh, is um, uh, how it um, grasps the mind or uh, intellect, uh, that kind of thing. It's kind of what we're uh, uh, looking at here in regards to um, uh, understanding and abiding by God's word is that rationality, that intellect, uh, diving into the core uh Parts of our mind, I, you know, I don't know how else to describe it, uh, but uh, it's that it's that spiritual milk that we need for growth. You know, if if you you know a a, a child can live off that spiritual milk without anything else for a long, long time, you know, and uh, and that's one thing we're looking at here um, is that uh, is what he's talking about is my newborn infants long for that pure spiritual milk that it may grow up into salvation. We have to grow. We have to learn. We have to strive for that mind of Christ. We have to continually grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. There's so many Christians out there who do not have any growth. You know, I've told you this before, and, you know, sometimes some things just need to be uh, bare repeating, but there's just some people out there that uh, uh, they get to uh, a certain part of the climb and the mountain, and they don't want to go no further. You know, there's no more growth. You know, and they wonder why, you know, why am I apathetic? Uh, why am I complacent? Why Why do I find no more interest in the Lord? Because you quit growing. You get. You quit trying. You quit You quit trying to learn uh, about the things of, of the Lord. You no longer attend church. You're no longer diving into the Word. You're no longer spending time in prayer. And you're wondering why you're, you're finding the thing, uh, the, the spirituality uh, boring. Uh, is because you quit trying. And, you know, just like uh, we're talking about infants here. You know, uh, and if that infant was not eating, if that infant was not getting that nutrition from that breast milk and uh, it was no longer growing, that would be a huge alarm for concern. Uh, you know, because I know when Madison was little, you know, we would uh, take her. That's one thing we want to always make sure she was gaining weight and that she, you know, that uh, her she was within normal parameters in her growth. And, um, you know, and if that was not happening, you know, that, that's a scary feeling. That, oh, no, we, what's wrong with our child? You know, and, and, and uh, they need more nutrients, whatever it may be. But we need to be excited. And if any of you all have had kids, you know, kids are getting excited about growth. 
because, um, you know, I remember when Mads was little and Skylar was little, they wanted to see how tall they were. They were excited, you know. They wanted to stand up against the wall, and they wanted to see how tall they were and, and, and how much they were growing. And and, uh, and as Christians, we should be have that uh, same kind of mentality that we're excited about that growth spiritually, mentally, emotionally. We're drawing close to the Lord. We're casting off the old things. We're casting off the old man. We're, we're putting away the things of the world and its interest and its love. And we, you know, because... I think that's a lot of problem is that uh, a lot of, you know, if, if for those who are um, dieting, there's a lot of people who are dieting right now. And uh, uh, one thing that's tough to do is that uh, uh, it's not to eat junk food. And it's hard for me because I love sweets. I love junk food. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'd just rather eat junk food than even eat a regular meal. I'd just soon just sit and eat a bag of chips, watch TV, than eat a regular meal sometimes, <laughs> you know. But that is not healthy. It is not lasting. And because uh, uh, if you all know, if you eat junk food, then a little while later, it's just not satisfying. It's not hungry until you eat a real meal, then you're satisfied. Well, that's the problem with so many people today. They have eaten the junk food of the world. Uh, they have been enticed by the, the, the what they've seen and listened to on TV and radio or whatever it may be. The, the junk of the world, which isn't satisfying, instead of if, instead of taking in the, the nutrients uh, and the, the fullness of God in his word that he is trying to uh, uh, instill in us. And so, you know, that's one thing we need to make sure that we're doing, that we're not taking part of the, the junk food of the world, which is not satisfying. You may have uh, a momentary uh, feelings of, of, of pleasure, uh, if you will, but it is, uh, it is not lasting. But the things of God are lasting in feeling uh, and to completeness. And, you know, that's why it's important that we're excited and that we're diving into that growth uh, with the things of Jesus Christ. But um, let's see here. Let's go on down here just a little bit more here. And uh, let's look at some more uh, parts that we need to uh, to look at here. Now, um, God's Word, those who are to come to know Jesus Christ are personal Lord and Savior. Uh, you're known, that's why it's called newborn babies. You know, uh, the things of, uh, of God's Word is new. Uh, that's why I reference those who are, are new baby Christians and need that milk. Um, for those who are mature Christians, you can take part of that meat uh, of the gospel uh, of God's Word and, uh, and, and um, have more growth. You know, uh, I'm trying to think of what I was trying to go with that there. Um, we can understand the more more intricate parts of God's Word for those who have grown into maturity. But uh, but again, for those who have uh, uh, are new to God's Word, uh, we need those nutrients because there's the things of the world can be enticing. Uh, the things of the world can lead us down the wrong path. That's what I was talking about a minute ago. Uh, how the um, the purity uh, of the um, mother's milk. Uh, has the right nutrients to ward off um, certain diseases uh, and to help uh, uh, give the proper nutrients that that baby needs. Well, that's why we need God's Word, because we need to make sure that we are not infected with the things of the world that's going to lead us off the wrong path uh, and away from God. And that's why we need to make sure we're spending that time in the Word, getting those proper uh, nutrients uh, that we uh, that we need. And uh, again, we need that motivation and uh, uh, to uh, uh, 
to be excited. You know, that's one thing, you know, that I want people to be. I want people to be excited about the things of Jesus Christ. Be excited to read the Bible. Be excited to spend that time of prayer with the Lord. Be excited uh, to do that. You know, I think so many people uh, are like, uh, i got to read my Bible today. Oh, Jesus, it's Sunday again. We have to go to church. You know, have that kind of attitude, you know, instead of saying, yes, man, I get, to, I get to dive into God's word today. Let's see where God leads me today. Yes, I get to go to church today. Praise God. I get to see my fellow brothers and sisters of Christ Jesus. We get to hear what, what the Lord has laid on the pastor's heart uh, that can uh, maybe uh, reveal something to me that uh, I haven't revealed before. To be excited about those things. But I think some people just go through the steps, go through the motions, and they're just like, you know, they just go to church. They feel like that's just something they have to do. And then they keep waiting to get it over with. And then they go on about their day. And uh, it shouldn't be that way. You know, I um, uh, I know that uh, our church services generally last uh, about uh, 45 minutes to an hour, something like that. But I know that J.I. Packer was talking about an individual. I can't remember his name. I don't know if I wrote it. I don't think I wrote it down. But... Um, uh, I can't remember the name of the individual's name now. I thought, sure, I wrote it down, but I guess not. Um, but anyway, said he'd been preaching for two hours and said that uh, uh, he apologized for uh, for preaching so long and uh, said that uh, the uh, uh, the people hollered at said, no, keep on preaching. Well, I, you know, uh, I, I couldn't imagine uh, speaking for two hours uh, you know, but uh, much less people encouraging me to keep going further <laughs> in doing that. Most people, particularly on Sunday mornings, I can see that uh, so almost 12 o'clock, you know, time to eat. Where are we going to eat at? You know, <laughs> you, know you got to see that that happening. But if I was preaching and then I, uh, uh, was it, um, uh, I think it was when we went to Washington, D.C., we went to the uh, uh, church up there that they uh, I don't think they really cared what time it was they were just going to keep on singing and preaching to ever how long it took and uh, you know uh, that's also the word used to down uh, down south you know but um, uh, let me get back over here uh, sorry I'm trying to think of where that like newborn infants uh, long for the spiritual pure milk that it by it may that by it you may grow up into salvation um Let's see here. Uh, if we need your taste, let's see. I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, okay, never mind. Sorry, I thought, I know there was a part in here about being put away, and I thought, what's that? Where's that at? I don't see it. It's verse 1. I was trying to get back to the verse 1. I thought, no, wait a minute. I know it says put away here, and I keep looking at verse 2, and I was like, I don't see that. It's verse 1. So put away. In other words, cast off uh, those. Uh, in other words, uh, talking about um, uh, taking off those dirty clothes, the dirty linen, uh, if you will, uh, the, the baggage of sin, uh, if you will, and to put that away, to, to cast it off, to get rid of it. All right, totally and completely. And that's what we see here uh, in verse uh, 1. You know, I told you we come back up to this. Uh, to put away, all right, cast that off, just like you're taking off dirty clothes, dirty laundry. Can't put away. At least I hope you do. I hope you're not walking around in, in soiled, stinky clothes all day. That would be that'd be gross, people. <laughs> but uh, that you're you, you're washing your laundry, and uh, of course you may be like me uh, when I do laundry. I, I, know, I know people separate their darks from their lights. Uh, we just throw them all in one dry washer. And now my only pet peeve is 
Brandy has to sit, wash the towels separately. If I don't get you know, and because uh, I, uh, nothing worse than getting fuzzies on my black shirt. All right, that just makes me so angry. So, <laughs> so make sure you do not wash your towels with your shirts. All right, so, so put away. All right, cast off. Put away those things. Okay, uh, like dirty clothes, uh, the that baggage, uh, that uh, that guile. Okay. And that uh, that malice, all malice, that that mean spirited um, attitude that hurts people. That's what we're talking about. We see malice, that mean spirited. You know, it is. Uh, you know, you sometimes we think about uh, being mean spirited. You know, you, sometimes you think about high school, middle school. Uh, a lot of people can be um, very uh, mean spirited uh, towards those that they don't feel are on their their level on their social status and uh, of course I, I it is it's kind of a weird thing you know I um, I told y'all I've, I was bullied a lot when I was a kid and uh, they really made fun of my my weight I was uh, uh, I had to wear the husky jeans <laughs> and uh, particularly with my uh, grandmother being Japanese and stuff they really made fun of me and for a lot of years I really just kind of just no longer really thought about it but for whatever reason uh, last year or so it just uh uh, really uh, uh, been kind of haunting me, if you will. I don't know how to describe it. It is just uh, uh, sometimes it, you can almost uh, hear those kids making fun of you again, you know, and uh, uh, it's kind of a weird thing. You know, uh, here I thought I'd put it past me and uh, maybe just the old devil trying to, to rob me of my joy. I know, I'm sure that's what it is. But uh, but kids can be very mean spirited, and so can a lot of people. You know, there's uh, that's one thing Dad always told me uh, as a pastor. He said, "You better have some really thick skin," and it's true. You know, I uh, I love all you guys, but sometimes people can be pretty mean spirited. You know, they don't care to say, "Hey, you're getting fat." You know. <laughs> And, uh, you know, you're losing your hair or you're, you know, whatever, you know, they don't care to just come right out and just tell you and you're like, oh, well, gee, thanks, you know, and, uh, or you're boring or, you know, you put me to sleep or something, you know, and, uh, and that's kind of mean spirited. I'll be honest with you, you know, and, uh, but you take with a grain of salt and keep on going, you know, I don't really think much about it. But uh, but we had to be put away, not be mean spirited, and sometimes it's hard to do, particularly with our world as it is right now, and and it's easy to be mean spirited on uh, social media. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I see some of the stupidest stuff on there, and my mean spirited side, <laughs> I really want to type stuff, you know, and uh, I got like you know, Lord's like, no, don't man, don't don't put that on there. <laughs> Your dad's going to kill you, you know, and so I have to be very careful uh, not to do uh, to to be being spirited on social media. Uh, not not that anybody I see on here is watching that I've seen post anything stupid. I, I'm just talking about in general. There's uh, there's been those out there I've seen put some stuff on there, and I thought I could really have a lot of fun with, and I think it's funny, but uh, it's just that's one bad thing about social media. What you write down doesn't always reflect what you're trying to, you know, there's a lot of times I've been trying to be funny and people have really gotten mad at me and I'm like, oh crap, you know, <laughs> just you know, take that off real quick. But, uh, but so put away, as we're seeing here, put away all malice. And uh, see if you people just now tuning in. If you're just now tuning in, we're looking at first uh, Peter chapter two, verses one through three. So put away all malice, put away that mean spirit and attitude and all deceit. Okay, so we see that all deceit, those things that aren't true. Uh, you know, there's uh, there's some people out there that 
they wouldn't know the truth if it fell out of the sky and tap danced on their face. You know, they would lie and cheat and deceive and uh, in every way possible. And, uh, you know, I've never understood that. I really don't. Uh, you know, there's some people out there that uh, uh, I think that's what they live for, just to deceive and uh, to uh, mislead individuals. I just, you know, and, and of course, you've got, uh, sadly, uh, you've got false uh, teachers out there who are deceiving and misleading a whole lot of people spiritually. And, uh, boy, I wouldn't want to be them on Judgment Day, I could tell you that. But, uh, you know, we got to be careful about that. We've got to be careful not to be deceitful in our talk, our manner, how we uh, act and refer to things. And, um, you know, it. Uh, a lot of people, when they get scared or get cornered, it's easy for them to be uh, uh, deceitful and uh, mislead individuals and not be completely forthright and honest. And, uh, and that can be in a lot of areas, particularly tax season. I'm sure it's easy to be a little, uh, deceitful and not tell the whole truth. And, uh, you know, that's what I've told, uh, guys before when I've done devotions and such. Uh, you know, you don't ever want to lie. But if a woman says, does this make me look fat? Sometimes the best thing to do is just run, you know, just, just run as fast as you can. It's, that way you don't have to lie and it, you know, and she can't get a hold of you. So you know, I love that commercial with uh, Abraham Lincoln and Mary Todd says, does this make me look fat? And he goes, <laughs> so it's like, oh, no, don't do that. But, uh, so, but uh, let's not be deceitful. All right. And uh, of course, we don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, but, you know, we don't want to be a liars either. And hypocrisy. All right. You know, in fact, uh, I think it was in um, um, Barclay's uh, commentary. I uh, talk about it's like putting on a mask, uh, pretending to be, uh, you know, you're one, pretending to be something you're not. You're, you're one way in front of one person and then, uh, you're, you you act another way behind their back, you know, uh, and and uh, uh, there's a lot, you know, that's one reason that you see a lot of people, that's their excuse for not wanting to come to church, you know, as well, it's full of hypocrites, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, that's that's where they need to be, you know, it's, I love the uh, the meme, I haven't seen it in a while, but I love the meme that uh, people put out there saying, says that saying the church is full of hypocrites is like saying I'm not going to the gym because of all the out of shape people. You know, the the church is a hospital for the sin sick. And uh, and Dad even hit on this uh, here about a week or so back, or he's talking about that, you know, Fountain Life Bible Church in particular is like triage, you know, where we kind of, we're kind of like the emergency room uh, church a little bit. And, uh, uh, and so, yes, there's a lot of people who are hypocrites, but... At least they're in church. They're learning. They're trying. They're they're trying to make changes. And I, I've had people call me and say, "So and so is going to your church. That they shouldn't be there." And I'm thinking, I, and I've even this was even recently. And I said, uh, "You know what? Uh, if, if, where else are they going to go? That's the the very place they need to be is in church. You know, I can't help what they're doing in their personal life, but at least they're in church. And at least they're trying. You know." And um, so, yeah, there's hypocrites. I feel like a hypocrite sometimes. I get up there and speak. You know, I, I, I to, I'm not perfect. I mess up. I say do things I wish I had never done. And then I get up in front of the pulpit or right, you know, right here and, and trying to uh, tell you about the things of the Lord and the Bible. And I feel like the world's biggest hypocrite. But. You know, the Lord, for whatever reason, has called me to uh, be his messenger, to, to teach and to preach. And, and I look forward to it and I want to do it. But I, I try to be uh, uh, forthright and, and let you know, hey, I, 
I have no clue why the Lord would pick me out of all the people in the world. He would want me to deliver his message. Like I've told you before, there's people out there far better, smarter, and and uh, uh, can uh, uh, talk a whole lot better than I can. <laughs> So, you know, but, uh, you know, and that's one thing I always try to tell my kids when I've messed up. I've tried to tell them, look, you know, because I don't want to think, yeah, my dad's a big hypocrite. You know, he acts like he, uh, this one way at church and one way at home. I want my kids to know, you know, hey, I messed up. Daddy's sorry. You know, praise God he forgives me, but don't act like daddy. Be better, you know. And that's the only thing I always had a lot of respect for my mom and dad, you know, and uh, dad's always no different than the uh, pulpit and, uh, as he was at home and, uh he didn't care to uh, tell you off uh, at home just as quick as he would at the church. So, so, so he, you don't have to worry about him being a hypocrite, that's for sure. But uh, so we have to be careful to put that off. In envy, you know, we look at envy, and uh, you know, we need to come. You know, I just want to come one thing we was talking about this morning is coming to God in all humility. And uh, that's one area that is uh, that we all need to work on is not be envious of one another others' uh, talents and abilities and, and what they can do. You know, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it is easy to be envious. Look at, look at even the disciples who were fighting, uh, you know, who's envious of the other, who's going to have the highest seat. You know, even the disciples were, were jealous of each other. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy doing woodworking and, and then, uh, you know, I think I'm doing halfway decent. Then I get online, I see somebody making something that's just like, I mean, crazy awesome. And I'm thinking, golly, man, that stinks. You know, it's, it's easy to, uh, to get jealous of other people. And, uh, but I try my best to, to say, Hey, that looks good. You know, it's easy to want to say, Dad got that jerk, you know, and not have nothing to do with him. But, uh, but I try to make it a point to say, Hey, good job. That looks good. And, and cause I don't want to have that kind of attitude of, of envying somebody else. Hey, maybe the Lord, just cause the Lord blessed him with a better ability. Hey, have at it. You know, I praise God that he gives me, uh, uh, what, what gifts and talents I do have. So, you know, let's not be, uh, envious of one another. Let's not uh, be jealous of one another. Let's encourage one another. Let's build each other up. What does God's word say? to to esteem others better than ourselves. And we can't do that if we are being envious of someone else's gifts and abilities and what God has given them. And uh, it's easy to do, you know, no matter what profession you are. And uh, I was talking to somebody earlier that uh, was wanting to try to get together some area pastors and do some encouragement. And, and I said, that's one bad thing with a lot, with a lot of pastors. They're jealous of each other. It's the craziest thing in the world I've ever seen. You know, I was wanting to uh, uh, do a uh, an abortion march. Of course, this COVID thing's messed that up. And I sent out mailer, uh, probably about 100 letters out to area churches to encourage them to, to uh, take part of that. It's back before the, the COVID hit. And uh, I only got response from one pastor out of 100. And I just like, you know, I just... <laughs> I don't get it, but uh, why why pastors are jealous of each other? We should be studying, reading out of the same Bible. Uh, we should be all trying to usher uh, souls into heaven, and uh, we are all on the same team. And I, I don't I don't get that. I don't understand that. It's not a competition, you know. God's not we're not going to get stand for God, and He's going to gather all the preachers together and say, "All right, well, you had the biggest church, you win a trophy." <laughs> You know, that's not how it works, I, I, and I don't get it. I really don't. But then we come to uh, envy and all slander, all right? I love, uh, if you ever uh, uh, want to know the difference between slander and libel, 
one the one way to help me understand that was Spider-Man. <laughs> you would say, what in the world are you talking about? Well, uh, when the, the Spider-Man Tobey Maguire, uh, the uh, the guy that was uh, uh, over the the newspaper, uh, he said uh, he said you uh, he said that's slander. He's talking about Spider how he's putting down Spider Man, and he said no. He said it's libel. He said slander spoken, libel's written. <laughs> so and that always stuck in my head. You always had a hard time between slander and libel, and uh, that always stuck in my head that uh, okay, well slander is spoken and <laughs> libel is written. So uh, you can thank Spider Man for educating me. <laughs> In that area, so but it, you know we got to be careful about talking about each other and tearing each other down. Again, going back uh, to esteeming others better than ourselves and having that humility and not trying to tear our brothers and sisters in Christ down. And that's not showing a Christ-like attitude. That's not showing uh, a, a love of Christ. You know, so we went back here to verse 22 that said um, that uh, to be born again, love uh, one another earnestly. And if you are showing that love of Christ, then you don't have time to be talking trash about somebody else. And, you know, and, and it does hurt when you find out if somebody's been talking trash about you, you know, um, it's gone back to me or dad and somebody's been talking stuff. And, you know, uh, of course, we try to consider the source a lot of times and, not, and let it go. But it just, uh, it is hurtful. And uh, we don't want to do that. You know, as Christians, you don't want to slander. You don't want to put people down. You don't want to talk about them like dogs. You want to lift them up. If you have, I like what my mom always said. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all, you know. And uh, and that's what we got to do. If, if you don't got nothing nice to say about somebody, just keep your mouth shut. And and that goes back to forgiveness. Because if somebody comes around and say, hey, I heard so-and-so was running your mouth, and you've already forgiven that individual, and you're saying, and you, and then you say, well, they've been running their mouth about you, you say, oh, yeah, let me tell you what they said, but then you haven't really forgiven them. See, if somebody comes around and says, hey, somebody's running around and I understand, I realize that, I forget them, uh, let's not talk about that, and change the subject, go to something else, then you've shown that true earmark of forgiveness. But we've got to be very careful not to slander and tear each other down. Right now, and right now, it's easy to do. With everything going on, this political junk, it is easy to do those things. So, we read that here. So, put away all malice, all deceit, and hypocrisy, hypocrisy and envy, and all slander, Let's go back down here to verse 3. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Okay. So uh, when we see that uh, uh, tasted the Lord is good, that is uh, the gospel preached to us, that, that new birth. Okay. This also echoes uh, Psalm 34, 8 as well. And uh, uh, But we see but the Lord is good. We see that in, in in context, we can see that uh, the kindness of the Lord or uh, God's mercy, if you will, we see that the taste of the Lord is good, that we are satisfied, that we're good. If we are satisfied with God's kindness, with God's mercy, with God's grace, and tasted that it was good, then we don't want to have that malice, that deceit, that hypocrisy, that envy, that slander. We, we have no room for that because we are satisfied. We have tasted the things of God and it is good. We no longer want those things. Um, if you want to look at uh, Psalm 34, 8 real quick, just just for comparison's sake so that uh, we can see uh, its context here. Psalm 34, 8. 
Let's see here. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So we see that uh, uh, directly, that that's where that's come from. That if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, being satisfied, tasting uh, his, uh, his goodness, his kindness, his mercy, tasting those things and being satisfied with those things so that we can love one another, grow closer to the Lord. You know, that's, uh, we, we shouldn't have no room to do those things. So, you know, in uh, understanding this passage, understanding this scripture, let's be excited. Let's be encouraged. Let us hunger for the things of the Lord. And to remember that when we, we, we have that, uh, we should, just as infants, uh, we should long for that pure spiritual milk. We should long for that, all right? There should be a motivation. You know, the, you don't want to be weak. You don't want to be anemic. You don't want to be uh, anorexic. You know, trust me, I, I'm a dyslexic anorexic, all right? So I have no trouble with eating. <laughs> but uh, if you don't eat, you're going to get sick. That's why we need to make sure that we are being fed spiritually. And then once we have tasted the good things of the Lord, we are full, we are satisfied, and we have no time or need to tear our other brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus down. Powerful, powerful words here that we have studied this evening. And I hope that it has touched you in a mighty and tremendous way and that you have taken something away from this tonight that you can use it and apply it uh, to your spiritual and daily walk. Let us pray. Therefore, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful and blessed day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us to put away uh, those things that uh, uh, are not glorifying to you, to put away that malice, that envy, the hypocrisy, the slandering. And let's put away those things. Let's cast that off. Let's get rid of it. Lord, let us hunger after the things of you. Let us be motivated uh, to strive to have that mind of Christ. Let us taste the goodness of your word, Lord Jesus. Let us apply it to our lives spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Every aspect of our lives displaying a holiness and a godly attitude. And Lord, if there's anyone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God. Forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I appreciate all you guys and gals for watching this evening. And Lord willing, we'll pick up here in verse 4 Sunday evening at 6 o'clock. And uh, see where the Lord leads us. And uh, Sunday morning uh, from uh, 11 to 12, we'll be at 118 Julie Lane. And the sermon title is, I've Got a Name. The old Jim Croce song, I've Got a Name. So be sure and uh, come on out and see where the Lord leads us, uh, what the Lord's uh, laid on my heart uh, for Sunday morning. So hope everybody has a great evening and hope you have a blessed and wonderful rest of the week. Thanks for watching. God bless. <laughs>